The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, and welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Matt Connor, and if you're wondering, finally, Connor's beard has been eclipsed on the show. <laughs> it has, it, I'm, I'm uh, so thrilled to welcome probably, probably every one of you. You should know Cole already. If you don't, Cole DeRuz is here from How About Those Chiefs? Not just those Chiefs, though, Cole. How about about are you first of all before we talk about the chiefs i was trying to bring yeah, the man. show title into that but yeah how are you holding up this week well first off i'm honored to be here i was telling you even before the stream started i've been watching arrowhead addict ever like way before i started my own youtube channel man so uh much respect to you guys always love your post-game shows the pre-game stuff um but i'm doing good i'm like getting over this weird like uh three week cold like it's coming like three phases so i thought i was i was well for a few days and then i was not for like four thought I was well again for like three days and I was not for like four and now I'm like on the third round of that I think I'm well I don't so we're trying to figure it out but we're doing good man just kids are excited for uh Christmas and we're just getting ready for all that we're gonna celebrate Christmas Eve rather this year because the Chiefs play on Christmas instead so Christmas at one yeah yes sir I'm excited by the way you you sounded like you were describing the Chiefs season there it's like <laughs> yeah for, for, for a little bit it sounds good then we think they're sick and then we feel like they're good again and then it sounds like your own health trajectory was the season glad to have <laughs> you on board folks in, in case you don't know just by the way first of all cole runs the the youtube channel is the youtube channel how about those chiefs check the description uh of of here like on youtube or spotify wherever you take in the show for all the right links to be able to follow Cole, but if I have these stats right, Cole, I just want to, I just want to celebrate you for a second here. A hundred, oh, all right. Uh, if I'm right, a hundred and eighty-three thousand subscribers, two hundred and twelve million video views in something that just started at the beginning of tw- of 2022. Is that right? Yeah. Those are kind of wild numbers. It's pretty surreal. So yeah, man, it's <laughs> it, it's been a wild ride. It's been a crazy ride. Well, cl- clearly, clearly, it's not just a crazy ride. It's been a 
a great ride, a successful ride, and a substantive nice. ride. And any of us who've ever checked it out, you know when you watch it, they're like well-produced, they're informative, everything's timely. Uh, it's just great stuff. And some people really know how to navigate this current world of media. Look, I'm over 40. I Like, I don't. I, I stumble over, you know, I'm still trying to dial up with my AOL CD. <laughs> I, go. uh, I got from the, I got from the, anyway, you get what I'm saying. So uh, folks, if you're somehow not already tuned into what Cole's doing, please do. But we had him on the show to talk Chiefs. We're here to talk Chiefs. Yeah, man. We're fresh off the win in New England. People want to complain about various things about New England. I'm of the thought that if you can beat Bill Belichick by double-digit points in Foxborough, no matter what year it is, that's good football. Did you walk away with that same sort of sentiment, or or were you a little bit more like uh, downtrodden about like how, what were your feelings after watching that game on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I think I think if honestly, if Tony didn't bat that pass up and have it picked. I think I'm feeling I think I'm feeling great. I mean, I felt pretty good. You got to think about it. The Chiefs kneeled it out at the five. So that's basically 35 to 17. I mean, it's a convincing win against a not good Patriots offense, but a pretty good top of the um, top 10 in a lot of categories. Patriots defense and Bill Belichick, obviously uh, one of the best to do it. So, yeah, I walked away feeling good. I just think um, the Chiefs needed a a win pretty badly after two losses in a row. And um yeah, I think minus the Tony thing, I, I would have felt probably like nine out of ten. It dropped that that one play <laughs> dropped things down a couple a couple for me. Down to like a seven, a six? Is that yeah, what like a seven? I mean, it was a win. A win is a win, and, and it's hard to win in the NFL. We it hear it every week. The parody is crazy. I mean, dude, just look last night. It was that was insane. Uh Drew Locke and the Seahawks yeah. beating the Eagles on a buzzer beater, basically. It was crazy. <laughs> so every week, man, you just gotta soak in the dubs. And um with that win, the Chiefs now have another winning season, and it's eleven winning seasons in a row. We're in the best era, in my opinion, of Chiefs Kingdom, and it's just a uh, it's just awesome. We we got to enjoy the ride, even though we know the offense isn't firing like they normally or like we're used to, rather in the Mahomes era. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought up Kadarius Tony. I want to talk about him. I want to talk about you know we're here sure. this episode really wanting to sort out the Chiefs playmakers. Thought you'd be a great partner in this to try to work through like what are we supposed to think, right? Like I think at this point we know what to think about Travis Kelsey. That's you know he's the best tight end of the business and. Even if you want to think he's slowing or hurting or whatever more, more distracted, according to some people, whatever it is, he's still <laughs> leading all tight ends. He's still he's still the the king, you know. So there's that. Rasheed Rice, we could talk about him too. He deserves to be celebrated. I think we all love what's happening there. But I'm looking at the rest of this room, and here's where I want to go with you first. In the beginning of the year, there was a lot of excitement. We're keeping, we have, we have so many good wide receivers. We want to keep them all. And we kept seven, seven for the first time when a typical year is like five or six, right? Which meant that another position was left lacking because we had to have them all. Now, like three months later, we're ready to send them all back home. Like, like if we could, like, we're still checking, like, can I return this package, please? Like, cause I only need like really two of these guys now. <laughs> um, and we're ready to restart the whole position. I want to start there. How shocked are you at we got to keep seven going to do we even want more than one or two of these guys? I mean, I'm I'm probably as shocked as basically everybody. I mean, we thought 
the majority, I'll just say I, I thought heading into the season, like, sure, um, EB was gone. They have Nagy. I think I underestimated just all the offensive coaching transitions, honestly, a little bit there, which may play a, a, a certainly a role. But I was like, well, you don't have Juju, okay, but you've got, you know, Rashi Rice, which we didn't even know Rashi was going to be that guy, but they drafted right. another receiver. Um, we thought Scott, I thought maybe Sky was going to be taking that sophomore leap. And I was like, well, we don't have Juju anymore, but like Sky's heading into year two. Yeah, we've got uh, Richie James, who had 550 yards from Daniel Jones the year before. Um, Justin Ross, he had a lot of hype, obviously, coming in. I had no idea what to make of that at the time being. I was rooting for him, but just wasn't sure. I'm definitely shocked that you would... You're, the, the wide receiver is basically the same, minus Juju. And you go from how they were last year. I think Mahomes was... It was something like sixth or eighth in QBR when targeting his wide receiver room last year. And he's like 23rd or 24th or something this year when targeting the wide receiver room. The worst drop rate over the last decade. It's like 8%. Um, this stuff, I just never, I never expected it, man. I, I was pretty surprised. Not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. MVS yeah. too. MVS was the other one. Like, I thought he was going to take a step up as well. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this. And I think this this is what makes me want to sort things out. Let me play devil's advocate here. And you could tell me, gosh, dude, you're drinking way too much Kool-Aid. You need to like get some less sugar or whatever, right? It, do you yeah, think sure. that because a lot of people are like flush these guys down the toilet. I'm done. They're like cut Tony right now. Sky Moore, don't even want him on the roster despite having two more years on his contract. MVS bench him for the rest of t- eternity. I mean, at that point, you're not even going to have re- <laughs> wide receivers to even play because everyone's wanting, everyone wants to like clear the decks of, of these guys completely. And uh, what do you do at that point? Sign Jarvis Landry and, and, and Dwayne Bow. Uh, you know, like you get what I'm saying, but so here's what I'm wondering. Is there any, do you hold out hope for any of these guys who have been termed complete busts or total disappointments that maybe in some ways there's been a small sample size. I know we've played a lot of games, but if yeah. you're only, if you're only getting like one target a game and you drop that target, that's a small sample size, right? So if you only get two targets a game and that you, you do that for six games, that's still only 12. Like if you're going through the mental yips, if you will, like Harrison Butker kicking extra points or something like he had problems with a couple years ago. I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like how much grace do you think we should be giving the wide receivers and, or is there at just at least one in particular that you're like, okay, I get it. I get all the emotions. We all hate the losses too. the drops suck. Mahomes should be angry, but, but at least I'm thinking positive thoughts about this guy. Is there a guy that that fits for you? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. 
Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't, I mean, every week we're just like, man, if there's just one less drop or one less penalty in the red zone or one less turnover, they're probably winning some of these games, like the five games they lost. Like, they're probably, you know, have two losses, maybe three instead of five. Um, I think I kind of, I'm, I'm in the middle a little bit. I'm probably not with some of the, of the camp of like, you know, we don't want to see Tony back out on the field again for the rest of the season. Um, we could talk, you know, I don't know if MVS is here next year. Like, I don't know, like, because you could save $9 million in cap space by, letting him go like that's that's a different story but if we're talking like from now until like playoffs i'm over here just kind of like well somebody just said it in the comments i saw it pop up here the offense at this point just kind of is what it is i like the idea of what the chiefs kind of did last week they had more 12 personnel noah gray got more snaps even though yeah. whatever reason after that one catch for like 32 yards he was only targeted one time again after that but i like seeing noah gray snaps up um and then Honestly, I like seeing MVS and Sky snaps go down, and I'll just say it. I, I my heart goes out to Sky. I, something's wrong with his knee. He's on IR. I don't know if he needs surgery or what. I do see a very small minority celebrating. Maybe they're not celebrating the injury, and maybe that's what people are thinking they're doing. They're just glad that he's not out on the field, maybe because they wanted to see him benched. But I hope he heals up, and I hope he makes a great uh junior leap i don't know if because there was no sophomore leap <laughs> maybe it'll be junior but i'm kind of like in the middle i feel like at least outwardly the chiefs coaching staff needs to be a little bit more firm like if they're gonna make mistakes put them on the bench for a couple series remember Jawan taylor they benched him for a couple series even just earlier this season yeah like what and maybe they kind of are but it's hard to know with the wide receiver room because they rotate him in and out so much it was easy to tell with taylor because they're like oh Jawan Taylor's not in there right now. It was, uh, I think it was Prince. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do um, other than, well, I guess, dude, I would love to hear your thoughts too, because there's a lot of question marks of people coming back. Like with Sky on IR, Justin Ross is returning. Um, in theory, McCole Hardman is, can come back here somewhat soon if his 21 day window to return uh, opens up. He said he'd be back before the playoffs. So we think, oh yeah, it could look like this, but then you've got those two coming back potentially McColl, but definitely Justin Ross, Richie James. I hope he gets an uptick in snaps. That's what I would like to see personally a little bit. Um, so I didn't, it was kind of a loaded question you gave me. I hope I gave you a little bit. Feel free to, yeah, to bounce no. back and, and go no, a different that's... or keep the convo going. But yeah, man, it's, it's in a weird place. I, I'm, I'm, I just think their wide receiver room is like a big question mark right now. And there's nothing else like there's people saying, well, I told you and they should have gone and traded for a wide receiver one or this, or that, that's a whole different combo. I think the Chris Jones holdout stalled some potential money that could have been freed up if they got a deal done with him early. That never happened. They were a little cash strapped. Um, so the room just kind of is what it is, but it's like a big gray area for me, um, for sure. Yeah. Would you be upset to see? Uh, here's what's interesting to me. 
Kadarius Tony seems to stand out from this group where you yeah. see you saw that shot for on Sunday of like Travis Kelsey with his arm wrapped around Tony yeah. leaving the field. Mahomes and Reed seem to kind of go out of the way to say more positive things there than maybe about other performers who are like MVS. The floor is just dropped out completely. And you're like, how does that so weird. like, I don't even get how that happens. He, like he's a consistent 600 yards of all downfield, you know, yardage production every year. And then, and then just nothing like not, we don't even try there other than maybe like once a game. And then it's a big letdown. And we're like, that's why we don't try. And it's, I'm like, is this a chicken or egg thing? I like, I just can't even understand without knowing what's going on in the 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 conversations, the machinations in the room at Arrowhead. You mentioned the coaching staff. It's like I just feel like there's things going on that we just can't know, and that's driving yeah. us crazy because it's you know it, it's it's just part of that. But yeah, l- let me ask you this. So I, I want to go back to Tony. You know, like sure. some some people are like Tony because I have some thoughts too on him too. Yeah, I, I love your thoughts there. Obviously, the team seems to like him. I do. When I watch him on the field, I think, man, he, he's got the stuff that no one else. He, he's so dynamic when he jukes guys. I love how violent he, he man, when he goes for extra yards, he get like he's so small for a guy who plays so tough. And yet there's yeah. health and what that stuff. What do you think of Tony? Are we burying Tony too early? Like you said, you had thoughts. I'd love to hear your riff on him. Yeah. I mean, my current thoughts on Tony right now. You just keep using him behind the line of scrimmage, jet sweeps, bubble screens. They've been using him in some like interesting ways, like Wildcat, or they're lining him up, you know, on one side, Pacheco on the other. They're doing like unique stuff like that, using him as like a weird like hybrid halfback at times. I like that. And then my other thought is like everybody keeps bringing up. Don't forget about Tony's punt return in the Super Bowl, right? The longest punt return in Super Bowl history. I understand that was 15 games ago now, but if we keep talking about that play. Why don't we also consider maybe putting him back on punt returns? Because he had to do it earlier this season and it, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so if McColl can come back and maybe Richie James can step up a little bit, I'm kind of of the mindset like, why don't you just use Tony right now behind the line of scrimmage, put him back on punts. And maybe that's where he's, he maybe this is where he stays for the rest of the season. Even though we know how electric he is with the ball in his hands. I saw somebody on Twitter today saying, the drop issues on Tony, like talking about the pick six in the Lions game and the one that just happened, that was the interception in the, the just the game that just happened against the Patriots. He's just thinking in his head already how many people he can basically juke out of their souls. He's just trying to do too much before catching the ball. So, like, I get it. He's insane with the ball in his hands. But I'm like, if you do that against a playoff contender, like we could get away with it with the Patriots. Those guys are not good. Their defense is, but their offense averaged 13 points a game. I mean, that's 32nd in the NFL by a landslide. You can't get away with that kind of stuff in the playoffs. So that's just kind of my thoughts right now. I, some people are like, hey, just keep feeding him. But I'm like, if it's going to cost turnovers, it's net negatives. He had two catches for five yards. Yeah. He did have, I will say this, he had he had one up up the right side near the beginning of the game, maybe on a shallow crosser, actually. It got negated because uh, Rasheed Rice was flagged for OPI, OPI because the defensive back ran into him. Like I'm like, dude, that was a horrible call. So he would have had maybe over 20 yards in the <laughs> You know, but that's kind of my thoughts, like behind the line of scrimmage gimmicky right now. And then punt returns like he's electric. at punt returns. I love it. Yeah. Love to see him I, back. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I I think I'm a little bit more supportive of Tony than maybe more, for example, because with Sky Moore, we just haven't even seen if he is like there hasn't been mm-hmm. that electrifying moment to 
to make us go, oh, that's what you're capable of, and yet you're not right now. We're just left going, oh, are you just another second round pick that we lost somewhere in the, you know, like next to Breland Speaks and, you know, whatever else. Um, let me switch here. You brought up Richie James a couple times. I want to read. Yeah. Here's what Andy Reid had to say this. Um, he said, Richie has to play more than two snaps. That's my responsibility. I have to have him in on more stuff. That seems to be like pretty straightforward from Andy pointing to a guy and going, here's here's more of him. Does, is that heartening to you because he's just new or do you like something about James? Yeah, I was actually really excited when Richie James got signed just because of his production and the Giants offense. And I'm like, I kind of went back and looked at his stuff and I was like, man, he is pretty dependable. And there's a stat floating out in the offseason. I can't remember what it was, but it was like the most dependable catchers, most dependable receivers in the NFL using some weird metric. And Richie James was number one in the NFL as far as like catching passes that are not expected to be catch or caught or something like that. He was number one. So I was definitely excited. Obviously, him going to IR for like 10 weeks really threw like a wrench in that. I think he was on IR for like 10 weeks. It was a long time. Um, so I am hopeful or hoping that the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs staff has to know it's not working outside of Rashi Rice, outside of obviously Travis Kelsey. Uh, Justin Watson has had some bright spots, and I think he's been getting an increase of snaps when MVSs have been dipping. I'm definitely fine with that. Um, yeah, I would love to see an increase in Richie James snaps. And that's kind of my thought. Like, hey, if you want to put Tony back on punts, mm-hmm. have him return. Richie could then have more of a role on the offense. The problem is you and I and everybody in here, like, I mean, you probably you might you know more than me, but it's just like we're outside looking in. We yeah. we see what the coaches are saying on the outside. I know they're having tougher conversations behind the scenes, or at least I hope and pray <laughs> they're having tougher <laughs> conversations behind the scenes. So yeah. To answer your question about Richie, I hope we see an uptick in his play. And I almost I almost have to believe that with Sky Moore on IR, Richie's going to play more. Yeah. If yeah. he doesn't, I am baffled. I'll be baffled. I'll be just straight up confused. By the way, we brought up MVS without going in a couple times. Yeah. Do you have any idea where that floor went? I mean, it felt like the floor was safe for five or six hundred yards for 30 ish yeah. yards a game. A couple downfield strikes per game. This there's nothing. There's nothing in that tank now. and But yet I'm looking, I'm like, he's kind of young to hit some wall. He hasn't been on the injury report. I, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Do you have any thoughts there? I'm pretty baffled because I saw a stat somewhat recently. I think downfield contested catches last year with MVS was somewhere around 50%. He was catching these deep passes from Mahomes. Um, I don't. I haven't looked up the updated stat after this past game. Like that Justin Watson throw down the left side, I don't think it traveled 35 yards past the line of scrimmage. I don't think so. But prior to this game, Mahomes was 0 for 10 in three interceptions on passes uh, 35 or more yards from the line of scrimmage. That's freaking insane to even think about. And yeah, we just never I never anticipated the the MVS drop off. Like I I'm pretty like he's only 29, but I'm like, what what happened? Where where did that go? Some people are like, well, it's EB. Some people say, well, it's Connor Embry, the wide receiver coach who's never coached wide receivers before uh, I, I just at the end of the day they're not out there and and I think another confusing part to me is with MVS he's had another year in Andy Reid's system I thought we would see more rapport with him and Mahomes on these deep passes where more times than not MVS is thinking a and Mahomes is thinking B based on the coverages now some are probably on Mahomes but 
a lot are probably on MVS. It's it's a mix there. We can't we can't never blame Mahomes. Like I get it. He's the best in the game. Top five in every EPA statistical category this season, in spite of his wide receivers having the most drops in the NFL over the past decade. Uh, highest drop rate. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confused um, about the MVS thing, man. He has regressed in ways that I don't know that a lot of people saw coming. I, I for sure did not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of all the things that are that are baffling, it's that one. Because you didn't know about Sky Moore, whether he would no. step up. Kadarius, you held out hope because of the draft pedigree, first round, whatever. But at least you thought, well, at least we've got this guy who always had issues with drops going back to Green Bay. But at least. Yeah, for sure. You know, but not nothing to this degree. Nothing to this degree. Let me throw Let me. You you brought up McCall Hardman. I have to admit, I've got no I've got no love here and I've got no love here. Not because I want to be mean to McCall Hardman, but because. When I see another team that needs playmakers like the Jets yeah. sign a guy for $3.5 million, maybe up to $4.5 million with incentives, and they sit him from the word go, from the word go, paying him to not play, the Chiefs traded for him in a, you know, in a, in a swap of low-level picks. Yep. I'm just looking at that going, man, if he couldn't even play for the Jets, what, do, like, what am I really expecting here? Um, how much hope are you holding out that when he returns – there's going to be some positive, um, you know, production there. Yeah, I think when they when they traded for him right before the trade deadline, it was literally like a week before it, basically same time the year prior that they traded for Kadarius Tony. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, there's the receiver that they traded for that everybody wants the Chiefs to go make a move for yeah. somebody else. They're like, well, who are they going to trade for? I'm like, well, they traded for McColl. At the time in my head, it made sense for a couple of reasons because Richie James was still on IR. Yeah. Tony was banged up. So I was like, well, McColl is instantly the returner. And he's somebody that could could pretty quickly within a couple of weeks, like plug and play as like gadgety guy. Um, but as far as like serious production, talking majority of the offensive snaps and dependable downfield. I mean, even his last year here, he was having uh, downfield issues, misconnects with Mahomes on passes, and he'd been here for four years. So I don't know that. I think that's the problem. I don't know that Justin Ross is going to do anything insane. I don't know that McColl coming back is going to do anything insane. And I don't really know if Richie James is going to do anything insane. I think it's the Kelsey and Rice show and hopefully Pacheco, you know, with that shoulder, he stays healthy enough to wear they're able to use his explosiveness in the run game as well. And sh- I know you didn't ask this, but shout out to CEH. He had a great game uh, yeah. last week. I, I really, that was really awesome. Uh, I didn't know that five foot seven guys, no offense. I don't know your height, but I did not know they could jump that high. That was unreal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't, to circle back after saying all that, I don't have a lot of expectations for McColl, but I am just like, well, it's not working out with who they've been using. So can we try just a, Outside of Reshi and Justin Watson, you want to try just shuffling the pieces and seeing if something else sticks? I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think we all know it is the Rice and Kelsey show, um, but we don't need much more than that in in the passing yeah. game. Like, you just need that like third level receiver to at least be somewhat reliable. And I'm just surprised that no one has stepped up just to give that. 30, 40 yards every like it could be Justin Watson, you know, someone else to to kind of help break that up. And and especially some sort of downfield target. I, I wish we could find uh something there to open that up. Going to the backfield here with you for just a minute. You brought up CEH. Uh, yeah. I want to I want to talk Edwards Alaire. 
because I want to know if Pacheco's coming back, what are we going to see from those guys? Like, like, do you think that breakout effort, if you will, is going to affect the way that maybe we deploy the other two? You say breakout effort, you're talking with CEH last week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of me wouldn't be surprised if they did lean a little bit more on Clyde um, these last few weeks of the regular season, especially considering if they win Monday, Merry freaking Christmas, Chiefs Kingdom. We clinched the West. Let's go, dude. Like, that's the ultimate Christmas present. Part of me wouldn't be surprised, if, especially if they get this W. You kind of use Clyde as a little bit of a workhorse. He's productive. And you kind of ease Pacheco back in a little bit. I understand, like, he's he was, like, cleared to go last week after the shoulder cleanup. But at the end of the day, it's like, he just runs so violent. And he plays so violent. I fear for Pacheco almost, not every single run, but definitely every single game. <laughs> he hits people so hard. Um, so I, part of me wouldn't be surprised if Clyde got a little bit more reps in, you know, just as they kind of balance things out before the postseason run. Um, and I wouldn't even be mad by it. I mean, if Clyde's been looking healthy, he's been moving well. I'm, I've been pretty impressed in a, in a good way. I understand he hasn't lived up to his first round draft selection. We have to just throw that aside. He's probably gone next year. Yeah. Um, but I thought he played well. I, I wouldn't be surprised um, to see them use him a little bit more. Uh, talking about CEH, but yeah, well, yeah. What, let me, what I'd be curious to know your thoughts too. Like it's a, it's an interesting room, especially with Pacheco banged up. And then McKinnon, he's nursing a groin injury for a handful of weeks. He might still be nursing that a little bit, but then he left the game last week, um, cradling his shoulder yeah. and came back out. I was kind of, I was like, yo, we're about to see Daenerys Prince. I was like, this is going to be crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, that's kind of where my thoughts are right now, at least uh, with the running back room. I'm, I'm excited for Pacheco. I'm glad it's not like IR when I heard shoulder surgery. Yeah. So I am glad, very glad about that. Yeah, second surgery in a calendar year, though, is not you know, all that hopeful. Um, On the same I, shoulder, yeah. Yeah, same shoulder. I, I, I think we're going to see some <laughs> off-season attention there and at tight end and at wide receiver. Like, I just, I think all three have rooms to. are at, like, a warning zone, and you have to go all in on offense in this next draft. Despite what I think about defensive tackle, by the way, I'm, like, dying for another uh, high investment there. Um Look, I, I want to go macro with you level. I know, folks, by the way, Cole, um, we've only got Cole here for a little bit. Uh, I want to respect our time. And, uh, You're good, so, man. Cole, you got a couple minutes here. We could survey the, the AFC with you. Yeah, I got like another 10 minutes or if that works for you. Sounds yes, great. Sir. Yeah, sounds great. Um, I want to get your, your take on the state of the AFC. Uh, you mentioned on Sunday the Chiefs can clinch their playoff berth with a win over the Las Vegas Raiders. They can also do it if they tie the Raiders and the Broncos lose. Um, so mm-hmm. it seems like they're they're going to punch a ticket, hopefully very shortly, and at least just get that off their back. But uh, the number one seed is still in play. Mm-hmm. But I want to know what you think of the state of the AFC. Let me bring up here the Baltimore Ravens. Here's the remaining schedule. They go at San Francisco. Then they play the Dolphins and host the Steelers to end the season. How do you like that run do you think they're going to sweep that or what like what are your expectations there? I think they need to lose two, right? In order for the Chiefs to for, for the Chiefs to get that one seed, the Dolphins need to lose one. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping the Jags would get it done. <laughs> they had opportunities to get it done, dude. That was a really weird game. Yeah. Um but you can't go back now. But um yeah, moving forward, I think the Ravens lost to the Steelers, didn't they? Earlier this season. I'm almost positive one of their losses was to the Steelers. I could be wrong. I'm going off the top of my head. But um I think the the 49ers is a dangerous game. I'm going to be very curious to see that because that's like the projected right now Super Bowl 
uh, matchup based on power rankings, uh, depending on where you look. I do hope and think the 49ers can get that done. Um, if they can't, I'm like, I don't know if anybody else can, but the Steelers, um, this, I'm almost positive. Let me look real quick. Yeah, because the Steelers are in their division. Division games are like their own beast. Yeah. That's what we talk about. I talk about that on my channel all the time. You have like trap games, but then you have like division games and their division games are just their own like little subcategory that are always they're just weird. Very weird. So I don't know, man. I think they could lose a couple. I'm I'm very hopeful uh, that they do at least. That's the Chiefs fan of me. Yeah, I I get it. And uh, there's a lot to play for here. Um, the Miami Dolphins, they host the Dallas Cowboys, then they travel to Baltimore, then they host the Buffalo Bills. I mean, if I got to pick three teams to play them, I might pick those three teams. Like what? Like, do you think they could go? zero and three there. (laughs) They're definitely losing one of those. Yeah, they have to. I mean, those the bills are looking good right now. Um, say what you want about where they're at in the power rankings. And like some people are putting them at number one and doing weird stuff, but like they're playing really good football um, right now. And it was actually really surprising to see how bad I know you didn't ask about the bills, but just how bad the bills beat the brakes off the Cowboys when the chiefs and bills were like right there. And everyone's talking about, oh, the Cowboys a powerhouse. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know if they're getting there again with Dak and company. But yeah, I, I definitely think the Dolphins lose at least. We really only need them to lose one. I think they're at least losing one of those games. I, I would be shocked if they didn't lose at least one of them. If it's not the Ravens, Cowboys, uh, who was the other one? Because um, the Bills. Yeah. Bills, yeah. I mean, th- those are tough games, man. That's a yeah. hard one for the for the Dolphins remaining schedule. Because those two are in front of the Chiefs, you sounded mm-hmm. much more optimistic about the Dolphins there. Do you have a prediction on where the Chiefs finish? I know we all hope they get number one, but would you predict a top seed or are you thinking more they're going to stay at number three or grab the two seed? Um, I'm just a fan like everybody else in chat. So I'm kind of of the mindset of like, I just hope every single week that the chips fall right and the Chiefs continue the home field advantage in the playoffs and, and you know, to, to help give them a little bit of an edge because it's loud as hell there. Um, I, if they don't, they don't. And I still think a angry, hungry Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid with the with the defense that's been carrying a lot of this almost every game. Um, I think they can still they're going to be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. I don't care if it's on the road or at home. I'm never going to doubt uh, or underestimate the Chiefs in the postseason. So if I had to put money on it, I don't know that I'm throwing like five grand on the Chiefs winning uh, the one seed, but I, I'd put some money just out of like, maybe it's a bias or a, a little bit. It's just my, I've been a Chiefs fan my whole life. So I'm, I'm definitely going to hope for it. I'm not going to put the mortgage on it. <laughs> got it. Got it. If you could see one more development for the chiefs in these final three games, they they face the Raiders. Then they face uh, the Bengals. And then we have the chargers in week, what eight, 19 week, 18, whatever, however long the, That's the last is. week. Yeah. yeah. yeah last week. In those three games, if you could answer the question, I think what the Chiefs need to see the most in these final three games, like a specific roster development, how would you fill in that blank? I mean, the biggest thing I would just want to see, honestly, is outside of Rice and Kelsey, is just somebody make catches and show that they're on somewhat on the same page with Mahomes and just not turn the ball over. (laughs) I mean, that's... 
my my main thought is just what we we hope for every single week. Can the offense just not have the penalties in the red zone? Can they not turn over in the weirdest ways at times? Um, and then can they yeah put seven up instead of three and just show that they can they can do that for most of the game, not just first half or the second half. I know that's not a roster uh, development that you're asking for, and maybe that roster development is. One of these other guys, Richie James is stepping up. McColl comes back. I'm not hedging bets on any of this, but maybe it's just one of those guys outside of Kelsey and Rice just show that, hey, Pat, Mahomes, you can trust me. Um, that's that's just kind of where I'm at because I feel like the sample size is pretty large for the offense. It kind of is what it is. They they average 22 points a game. and But to be fair, they've kneeled out at the one, two, three, four yard line in three games so far this season where they could have scored. That's a good um, so maybe it's 20, maybe it's 24, 25 points per game, um, which it was 30 last year. My biggest concern is the red zone decline. It was second last year and they're 14th now. Um, I didn't answer your question directly about roster development, but I think it's just because okay. I'm so it's such a weird it's like um, you know when you're driving down the road and it's like one of those super misty mornings. You're like, well, I know the direction I'm supposed to be going. We know the direction the chiefs are supposed to be going, but you can't see, <laughs> you can't see like that stop sign is 50 feet down the road. I know <laughs> it, but I can't see it. Um, yeah. That's just kind of where I am, man. I'm, I'm just hoping that um, just the little stuff at the offense, the miscues, the drops, the penalties, the turnovers, even if they eliminate those by 25% in a game, they're dangerous playoff contenders, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm still of the opinion that no one wants to play them. I mean, that, that mm. no matter what the seed is, no matter what's going on, I think that's it. Um, look, I'll say this, Cole, before you before you go. Uh, we yeah. just want to say we appreciate you so much coming on the show. Folks, if you haven't already followed uh, Cole on Twitter, it's at HBT Chiefs. Is that right? Yes, sir. And subscribe at his YouTube channel. How about those Chiefs? You can see all the information in the description of however you're taking in this podcast all the links are there for you. Cole, we hope you have a wonderful evening. Certainly hope you have you back on the show sooner than later. Uh, but thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate uh, you having me on. It's an honor to be here again. Watched you guys for a long time before I ever started my channel. So anytime you guys ask if I can make it happen, I'm down. So thanks again, Matt. Appreciate you. And uh, hopefully the next time we chat, whether it's just on Twitter or wherever, the Chiefs Get the W on Christmas for us all. <laughs> so happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. And I appreciate you. You got it. You got it. Thanks again, Cole. Um, hey, folks, just want to run over some quick defensive thoughts um, as Cole was going to go have dinner with his family. Got to respect that. Um, and I know we were asking him for some extra time today. By the way, man, if you if you don't know, I mean, uh, over, at, over at How About Those Chiefs, it, it's such a grind, turning out so many great videos again and again and again. Uh, it takes a lot of work, so I totally understand. Like asking him to do more of what he already does so much is uh, is a lot of ask. Uh, I want to talk just real quick defense. I'm happy to take some questions from the comments uh, if I see them or whatever. Uh, by the way, some of you are like, "Where's Sterling?" Um, Sterling is out for some early family holiday stuff, um, and then by the way, Sterling is engaged and getting married, and so that's all part of the plan too. So Sterling's with family and future family and all that business. And uh, it's pretty exciting times for him personally there. Congrats there to both he and Natalie. But um, hey, look, 
some defensive thoughts th- that I think are important to address just coming through here in the last few games. Um, Mike Pinnell, I went, I was hardcore against Mike Pinnell last week. Not, not because of anything about, I don't like Mike Pinnell. Mike Pinnell's fine, but it just like blew me away that we're still not seeing Neil Farrell. Uh, we allowed Keandre Coburn to leave. We re-signed a 32-year-old street free agent to the practice squad. And then two months later, he's playing real reps in a game. I was just beside myself thinking, what kind? Like, what are we doing along the interior? Then I saw what we did to Zeke Elliott. Now I know the Patriots offense is nothing to write home about. But honestly, honestly, um, watching the job that Pinnell and the run defense did on Sunday against the Patriots um, with Zeke Elliott and company. I just need to walk some of that back. And that was a really impressive job up front by Chris Jones and the rest of the interior there. The uh, the safeties, even without Brian Cook, are setting uh, are helping to set good edges up and run support. Um, it was just a phenomenal job. And I think that's a real positive sign for the Chiefs going forward in an area where they've needed some help. If Mike Pinnell is the help, then so be it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it if it's positive. Second defensive thought, and I think this is huge too, um, Drew Tranquil back, Nick Bolton back, Nick Bolton getting into a groove after being gone for so long. Now we're seeing Leo Chennault at the end of his second year. We're seeing Tranquil fully understand what Spags is wanting his guys to do. Now Spags is learning, and I think this is going to take a little bit of time, the final three games of the year included. But Spags is going to further learn how do I use all these guys? Willie Gay Jr., motivated by a contract year. Um, you know, Drew, now healthy, coming out of the concussion protocol. Nick Bolton, getting back into the groove there. Chanel growing even more. When Spags learns a little bit more each week about how to use those four guys, it's going to be incredible. I, I just can't. I love watching that unit every week, and sometimes the Chiefs allow those early points, but that unit is so good at making the adjustments and helping the defense to put the clamps down as the game goes on. That, to me, is super, super exciting. The other defensive thought I have, moving to the secondary, just to keep watch as the games creep in here, as the Raiders come up, here's what I'm watching for. I'm I'm. I did not. I hate losing Brian Cook. I like Brian Cook, a very underrated player in the secondary. It, 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 safeties are often overlooked, and Cook is overlooked in the secondary with so many other playmakers like Sneed, McDuffie, and even Justin Reed as as a more vocal veteran. For example, when you lose Cook, you have to ask more of Mike Edwards, and we were lucky that we had Mike Edwards to be able to step up. But there's a reason Mike Edwards was a third safety. He's a ball hawk. With with um, with, he's got a great nose for the ball and good instincts to know when to take chances. But the prop, but what you want him in, you want him in situations where there's opportune moments that he could jump on, not consistently challenged situations. And we're gonna see. We watched Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry down the field and back again and again and again, losing Cook and then putting. Edwards in that role is going to allow some of these tight ends to consistently sort of take advantage of a guy who really shouldn't be 
in the lineup as as often as that. My hope is Shamari Connor is now in the third is now in the third safety role. If Connor, by the way, great last name, if he could move forward in a meaningful way and maybe allow Edwards to go back to that third safety role, gonna be a huge, huge salve for that secondary. So love the Connor draft pick, love the Edwards signing, especially for what he was meant to do. The Cook injury rearranges some of those pieces. We have three games left to see if Edwards can get more consistency or if we can relegate him back uh, there and allow maybe Shamari Connor to take over that role. It's interesting to me. The Chiefs have the pieces. They have the depth. Brett Veach built an incredible secondary and deserves all kinds of credit for doing so. Uh, so, yeah, those are some defensive thoughts there. Um, folks, we're reaching the end of the show here. And I wasn't going to do this, but I want to do this here. Um, if you're still listening, if you're hanging out with us, I know we had to let Cole go here. I have a, I have a non-football thought, and then we'll finish with this. And honestly, next week we're going to be on a break because it's holidays and and we're all going to be hanging out with our families of this. I'll, I'll say this, and I'll and again, this is not football. Some of you won't care about this because it's personal, and that's fine. I, you know, maybe I shouldn't go here. But um, last week I uh, had the chance to go. We did a Christmas uh, celebration in Florida, and then my family and I flew home. Last Friday, I while in Florida, I got a phone call late night, almost midnight, from a friend um, who said, hey, I've got some bad news. Relayed to me uh, a friend's passing, uh, a friend who was in over his head mental health-wise and actually turned the gun on himself in his chest and decided to end his life while in his own parents' home and so we flew back from Florida for this funeral. Look, uh, this is a downer of a note to end this great podcast on, by the way. We loved having Cole on, and I was a little uh, hesitant about going here. But we're coming up on the holidays. We're in, a, we're, in a t- we're in a time of year that's difficult for people already, where there's like shortened sunlight and you know winter, whatever. And we're coming up on a holiday season that can actually be pretty hard on some people. And I was just at a funeral for a friend who was in his 30s um, where a room full of people stood up for this guy and talked about how this friend, our friend, Josh, helped talk them out of their own suicidal situations. (laughs) Like the guy that we buried was responsible for talking some of us out of our darkest places. And yet he was in his own dark place and was unreachable there for whatever reason. And it just reminds me of this, that you never know. You never know where someone's at. You never know what someone's dealing with. You never know who just needs to hear from you. A random call, an an inside joke, a funny text thread, a chief's meme, a, a whatever, right? You never know what someone is going to need until after the fact when you realized that they needed it and we didn't give it. And that's not to say that if one of us had done or said the right thing, that Josh wouldn't have done what he did, but he did. And there was a room full of people last Friday. uh, We were all commiserating together, just going, 
is there anything that could have been done? Because any of us would have loved to have done it. And Josh did it for so many other people. And I just want to say in this time of year that can be difficult in this, in, in this fractured society where we're all kind of off on our own islands all the time. Um, if you feel that prompt to call that person, text that friend, reach out to that family member, whatever, um, just do it <laughs> because you never, you just never know. And if there's going to be any message to go out before the holidays, and and this is my last sort of podcast before I get a little bit of a break here on the Arrowhead Attic channel, I just wanted to say being there for one another is the best thing we can do for one another. And um, I certainly just want to wish uh, all the best to all of you out there. Um, thank you for hanging out with us here. Thank you for being a positive presence for all of us. And, um, and yeah, if we can extend that presence to anyone else, I hope in any way that I can do it. And I hope you do too. So, Hey, uh, from, from, from myself on behalf of our producer, Richard, uh, and Sterling, and I'm assuming Cole, I can say for him too. We love chief's kingdom and, and all of you forever hanging out with any of us in any of the medium that we have media that we have. Um, and, and we wish you well. And to anyone who's needing help in a time like this, um, not only do I hope that some of us reach out in our own energy, but please reach out for that help as well. But uh, yeah, on on the other side of all that, we also hope the Chiefs beat the Raiders. I'm not sure how to do that segue. I hope there's infinite grace here for all of that. But uh, yeah, much love to you all. We'll see you on the other side of Christmas and all that. Stay tuned though, later this week, uh, Adam Best will be here tomorrow. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam Thursday. The week goes on like normal in the lead up to the Raiders game. Um, but uh, yeah, again, thanks for hanging out here. Go Chiefs. We'll see you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.